You're listening to the Eastside Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. This sermon was recently preached at our church. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com. Now, enjoy today's sermon. Well, part of our um, the service tonight, you know, it's Christmas Eve service. And uh, one of the things that, you know, typically we do in a service is we open our Bibles and, and look at a Bible message. Um, and uh, that, that, we're going to do that a little different. Now, I'm, that's not to say that the Bible doesn't play a role in the service tonight. We just had verse after verse after verse from our kiddos giving us the Christmas story. And not only that, but we'll also, I'll be quoting some toward the end. But tonight is a little different because, um, you know, coming up, it, it, with a new way to present the Christmas uh, story um, sometimes gets to be a little bit hard. I mean, you admit we've got other guys in the room that have pastored before, and you want to do it in such a way that it's uniquely presented and, uh, you know, maybe a fresh take. But tonight I'm going to use something that I used a few years ago um, that I believe makes the point of how easy it is to lose sight of what this season, and really I should say who this season is all about. And uh, if you'll bear with me, I'd like to read really tonight, just read you a story. It's a narrative, um, a fictional narrative uh, that Dr. James Kennedy came up with a number of years ago, and he he called it Mary Tifton. Um, Long ago and far away, there lived a man named John Bearsforth Tifton, whose teeming wealth stretched beyond imagination. A man in the strange habit of bestowing $1 million to unsuspecting individuals of his choice. Mr. Tifton would dispatch his secretary, Michael Anthony, replete with hat on head, umbrella under arm, and briefcase in hand, to deliver not only this bountiful gift of money, but legal papers showing that the selected individual had been formally adopted into Mr. Tifton's family and given his name. You can imagine how radically the gift transformed the lives of its recipients. No matter what his previous financial circumstances, each individual became part of what amounted to a special millionaire's club. Receiving the name of Tifton elevated each one to a new level of prestige and respect he could never have won by himself. First, dozens, then hundreds, and finally thousands all over the world received the benefactions of John Beresforth Tifton. In his will, Tifton explicitly instructed his executors that from the holdings of his vast estate, this practice was to continue down through the years. Thousands upon thousands had their lives transformed as they entered the elite status of millionaire. As centuries passed, the people who had received the gift decided it would be a very good idea if they could get together in groups around the world to specially celebrate the birth of their great benefactor. And so they did. Remember, the only people interested in celebrating Mr. Tifton's birthday were those who had received the gift. Nobody else would have any interest in it. How could they? As the celebrations continued and grew... Mr. Tifton had hymns written and sung to his praise, pictures drawn of him and essays written about his character, especially his benevolence, all to honor the memory of a man who had changed untold lives. Then in an unusual thing, then an unusual thing happened here in America. 
A few people overheard that a party was in progress. After determining its location, they, were, they went there and slipped in unnoticed. They didn't grasp what was going on, but they did pick up the idea that somebody had given wonderful gifts to these people who in turn were celebrating that deed. The party crashers thought it was a neat idea, so they told their friends, who told their friends, who told their friends, and so on and so on. Soon, non-Tiftons began to celebrate Tifton's birthday, too. After all, it occurred in the middle of winter, a very drab time of year, and the celebrations brightened things up a bit. Believe it or not, the idea spread. Before long, almost everyone was celebrating Tifton Day. It is even true that Tifton Day became a national holiday. As the years rolled on, it was celebrated every year by the masses. The department stores and other entrepreneurs with their keen perception liked this new holiday and were quick to put it to use for their profit. Thus, they put forth their Tifton specials and people bought the merchandise. Then came the Tifton card, then even the Tifton tree, though strange to say it did not grow in the land of Mr. Tifton's birth. Years later, on a Tifton Eve, two gentlemen from Mr. Tifton's far-off land disembarked from a ship in New York Harbor. They were genuine Tiftons, and as they walked down the gangplank, one said, would it not be wonderful if we could find one of the Tiftons who live here, who, one who has received the gift with whom we could celebrate our benefactor's birthday tomorrow? The other replied, ah, oh, yes, but in such a large land as this, it is highly unlikely that in so short a period of time we should be so fortunate. In Mr. Tifton's home country, the celebrations of his birthday continued in their purity. Only those who had received the gift entered into them. Thus, our friends were quite unprepared for what befell them. As they walked down Fifth Avenue, they came upon a department store window which said, Only one more day until Tifton. Their hearts leaped for joy. What good fortune they had met. Excitedly, they read another sign near the first which said, Tifton specials, half off. What good fortune. We have found a Tifton. One shouted gleefully to the other. This gentleman has used his million dollars well. He has bought a department store. How strange, though, that he calls himself Macy's. Americans are an odd lot. As the two started to go into the department store to meet the owner, they heard someone cry out from the street, Mary Tifton. Startled to find a second Tifton so soon, so soon, they turned to pinpoint the man when someone from their side of the street cried back, Mary Tifton to you. Before they knew it, a whole chorus of voices were shouting, Mary Tifton and a happy new year. The two gentlemen could hardly believe their ears Certainly, one said to another, or to the other, Mr. Tifton has been very generous with his gifts in America, unlike anything we have ever seen in his own land. As the two gentlemen made inquiries to one person on the street, they were invited to a Tifton Eve celebration that night. The celebration was in full swing at a large home when the two Tiftons arrived and, and was in fact a uniquely American innovation, the Tifton Eve cocktail party. Enthusiastic before entering, they grew uneasy as they surveyed the scene inside. They heard the tinkling of glasses, raucous laughter, and music blaring through loudspeakers. 
Wispy clouds of smoke wafted through the crowded rooms. Some people were staggering about, almost falling down because they were drunk. The two Tiftons stood bewildered. Mr. Tifton would never have approved of this kind of conduct. It certainly did not honor his memory. This prompted one to comment, I say, dear brother, did you notice this afternoon that some of the people who proclaimed Mary Tifton were not dressed as elegantly as one would expect? Why, yes, I did. I just didn't want to say anything, but they did not look like Tiftons to me. After walking around briefly, each on his own, they reunited by the fireplace and compared notes. You know, dear brother, one said, I cannot begin to understand these Tifton cards. Most of them do not say anything about Mr. Tifton. Instead, they show a picture of a big man in a green suit pulled about in a chariot drawn by reindeer. What in the world has he got to do with Tifton? Yes, I spoke with some people about him, the other said. The, the big man is a character that has been invented. Uriah Serper, commonly known as Saint Usurper, is his name. It's all quite confusing. We need to investigate further. They grabbed the attention of the man nearest them and asked, Excuse us, please. Pray tell us, sir, when did you receive your million dollars from Mr. Tifton? How's that? I said, when did you receive your million dollars from Mr. Tifton? My million dollars? Man, I had to borrow 300 to buy my Tifton presents this year. What are you talking about? Our friends looked at each other and said, could you please tell us then why you are celebrating Tifton? Sure, by the way, Bootstraps is the name, Benny Bootstraps. You are strangers here too, I see. Just came up from Atlanta for the holidays myself. Tifton Day, huh? Well, I'm no expert on the matter, but as I understand it, Mr. Tifton's life is written up in a big book. Most families have a copy of it in their homes, but none of them read it as much. Uh, I'd like to read it more than I'm able, but just don't get much time for it. Anyway, this book tells about the life of Mr. Tifton. He was a very rich man. I think he was from the South somewhere, maybe Dallas. He made heaps of money, and in in this book, he tells us how to do it. It's a sort of how-to-get-rich recipe. We're supposed to read it and apply the principles. Then we will get rich, too. Our friends looked at one another in utter amazement for how this explanation of Tipton Day ever cropped up was beyond them. They continued to inquire, finding yet another man to speak to. Excuse us, sir, but could you tell us why you are celebrating Tipton? Why am I celebrating Tifton? What's the matter with you? Everybody celebrates Tifton. I've celebrated Tifton all my life. I was brought up that way. My mother celebrated it. Her mother celebrated it. I remember when I was just a kid, I used to hang my Tifton stocking from the mantelpiece. Why do you question our custom? Don't you have Tifton where you come from? Ours is a tradition, an old tradition. That's what it is. Their perplexity continued, but they collared one more fellow in hope of ascertaining what Tifton Day meant to these people. This fellow's well-dressed. Perhaps he can give a sensible explanation. Excuse me, Mr. Tifton, my friend and I are also Tiftons, and we would like to acquire a better understanding of your, cel- of your celebration over here. It seems so Tifton. My name isn't Tifton. It's Mick Mythology. What a coincidence that your names are Tifton. You must get kitted a lot this time of year. Yes, of course, they replied. Well, um, why do you celebrate Tifton? Well, you really don't know? No, we don't. There was this fellow named Tifton who lived far away and long ago. 
Some people claimed he actually lived, but the truth is that we really don't know that. In fact, with our scientific progress and sophisticated technology, we now know that he didn't live. Supposedly, Tipton had a habit of giving presents to people, ties, handkerchiefs, cologne, socks, and the like. It's a fable, but it's a nice idea, so we picked up on it and started giving gifts ourselves. We've changed it around a little bit, but that's basically the idea. So you don't really think Tifton lived and gave important gifts to people? No, but like I said, it's a nice idea. Yes, I can see from the purple tie with orange stripes that you're wearing that this is a very significant day in your life. Though bewildered, the two gentlemen heard a knocking at the door. When no one answered, it opened and through its way stepped in the perennial descendant of Michael Anthony, umbrella under one arm, briefcase in hand. The two friends from far away looked at each other with glad joy. At this party, someone was going to receive the gift. At least one person would come to know what Tifton Day was truly all about. Mr. Anthony said, excuse me, please, but nobody paid him any mind. The music was so loud he could hardly be heard. Trying to talk over all the laughter and, and hubbub of the party, over the, all the tinkling of the glasses, he spoke again. I beg your pardon, uh, but I have here with me. And his voice was drowned out. Uh, yes, yet he stepped up to the closest man and tapped him on the shoulder and said, Pardon me, sir, but I represent. And the fellow interrupted saying, Hey, Mac, this is Tifton Eve. Why, we don't do business on Tifton Eve. Come see me on Monday morning. Here, have a drink and celebrate. Merry Tifton to you. Without further ado, but dumbfounded by the disregard he received, Mr. Anthony turned and left unnoticed as he entered. No one received the gift. The Tifton celebration went on undisturbed. You know, this is our modern parable of Christmas, isn't it? I wonder how many here will rip off the, the ribbons and tear off the wrappings and open all the boxes on Christmas morning, yet find that something is still missing. It's the emptiness of an unsatisfied heart that has not been filled. And I know it's not typical to present Christmas, the Christmas story this way, but I think Mr. Kennedy summed it up as well as anyone could have. And I'd like to point out three applications today in the first is this, that you can't truly celebrate Christmas until you receive God's gift of salvation. The gift represents eternal life, which is only available through Jesus Christ on the cross. He died there for our sins. Romans 3.23 says, for the wages of sin is death. I'm sorry, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, which means that we're all sinners, but Romans 6.23 says the wages of sin is death. Because of our sin, we deserve to be separated from God for eternity, and we could do nothing about our sin, but God loved us. As we heard John 3.16 read tonight, and the Bible says God commendeth his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And folks, tonight, I don't know if, if you're here having never received the gift of Jesus Christ as your Savior, uh, but, but he offers it to everybody. There's not an exclusive list. It's, it's available to anybody who will receive it. And yet we all, many of us, many in our culture, try to come up with our own ways to heaven. 
with our own ways to please God. But Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. And it's an exclusive call in that it's through Jesus Christ. But it's not exclusive in that it's available to everybody. And tonight, if you're here this evening and you've never received the gift, tonight, what better night to, to receive the gift of salvation? Romans 6.23 says, The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And God offers eternal life to each of us as a gift. And all you have to do on a Christmas morning tomorrow to receive, to get, uh, receive a gift is... Hold out your arms and take it. And that really is all that's required for you to accept Jesus Christ as your Savior. This gift is available and it's that easy in that it, you, don't have, you can't work for it. There's no way that you could do enough. You must come to the point where you acknowledge that your sin keeps you from heaven. You must repent of your sin and turn to Jesus Christ as the only way to heaven for eternity. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 10 that, you, that, for, that, uh, that all whosoever shall come up, call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And we simply have to believe in our heart that, that we are sinners and that Jesus Christ died for us and call out to him by faith. It really is that accessible to each of us. So my question, the most important question tonight is this, have you received the gift? If not, then you could live your whole life without realizing your purpose, which is to be like Jesus Christ and, and to have a relationship with God. And I don't want you to miss out on the greatest gift that the world has ever been given. That's the first application. The second, though, is this. Even those who have received the gift can miss it. Even those of us who would be called, maybe called Tiftons, who've, who've received Christ, we're, we, we've, we've made that claim. We've placed our faith in him alone. It's so easy to get it wrong. Most people get it wrong. And it's no wonder the world gets it wrong. It's, it's about presence and traditions. And, but the one who is meant to be at the center of it all sits off to the side. But how much even more shameful that God's own people miss it. And we say, well, how does this happen? Well, usually it's because we've elevated traditions above a relationship. You know, the most important activity of our lives is to invest in our relationship with God. And what a tragedy it is to take what should be about him and make it about something far inferior. So how do we make sure it doesn't happen to us? Well, I would say, number one, don't drop the things that help your walk with God. In other words, on a daily basis, you make the choice of the activities that you do, whether or not they draw you closer to him or, or not. And God's word is available to read and, and, and take in every day, and, and we must not leave this behind. And our prayer life is available to all of us every day. We must not leave that behind. You've got a place where you can gather with a church family, and God's intention for you to grow spiritually is in a church family. We shouldn't leave those things behind. Don't drop the things that help your walk with God. Number two, read the Bible accounts. How do, you, how do you keep your mind on it and do it correctly? Well, read the Bible accounts of Christ's birth. Now, this year, don't just make it about the traditions. Make it about the actual reality, what truly took place 2,000 years ago. Number three, don't get too caught up in the temporary things. It's easy, isn't it, to get so wrapped up in what we can wrap up and, and get so caught up in the things that we give to each other, but let's make this season less about what you get and more about who you know. Another application here 
is let's let the most important gift of the season be what you give to God. So we put so much time and thought and energy into what we give others, but what do you need to give to God this year? What one thing would make the biggest difference in your spiritual life? It's like the wise men who brought, they didn't just bring leftovers, they, they brought treasures. They brought them the best. What one gift should you give to the Lord this season that will make the biggest difference in your spiritual life? If you want to make this Christmas season mean as much as possible, give God the one thing that would help you take the next spiritual step that you need to. And the final application that I would just encourage you with is this. Don't forget the name of this season. It's, it's Christmas, but it's Christmas. It's about him. And every time you hear or see the word, think about the person who was born in Bethlehem and remind yourself that it's all about him. Every time you hear the word Christmas, say a quick prayer of gratitude to the Lord and just say thank you for going to those lengths because he didn't just come to be born. He came to this planet so that he would eventually die for our sins. He did it for our salvation. Folks, And of all the things, of all the people, that we as God's people who call ourselves by his name, Christians, Christ, Christians. Many people will miss it this year. Let's not be those that do. Just like those in our Mary Tifton story, let's ask the Lord to help us make it about him, really what it should be about. And tonight, I want to encourage you, if you've never placed your faith in Christ, if you've never made that decision, it is available to you tonight, and it's available for as, as simple as you believing by faith that you're a sinner, that Jesus Christ died for your sins and he's the only way to heaven. You can place your faith in Jesus Christ this evening. What a Christmas gift that would be to the Savior of the world this evening. Let's pray. Father, I love you and, I, and we are so thankful for the truth of this story. And I know there may be some here tonight who don't know you. I pray that you'd really speak to their hearts and give them the courage to maybe ask some questions. I pray that you'd help them to have the courage to step out, Lord, and and be, um, you know, just be willing to make it about you this Christmas. And really, it, it, the fact that you came to be born uh, means that you came to die. It means that this season is not about us. It's about, um, it is about salvation. It is about m m making you the king of our lives. It is about putting you in your place in our lives, Lord. And we so often forget it. We miss it. Tonight, I pray that you'd help us to be people that, don't miss it. Help us to make it about who it's about, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com.